Welcome back to Ilta Voices, your home for all things Ilta. Welcome to another edition of Joyous Leadership. I am Dawn Hudgens, and I am with Ilta, and I am here with Ilta CEO, Joy Heathrush. Joy, welcome. Hey, thanks, Dawn. It's always wonderful to be with you. Yeah, it's great to see you. I hear that today our topic is on listening. Yes, it is. And this is something that, um, I don't know, I've learned a lot about over the years. So I hope what I'm going to share is going to be helpful. Um, I once had a boss who said to me long, long ago, uh, you know, just because you might be the smartest person in the room, you don't have to prove it all the time. Um, so that means sometimes listening is way more powerful than speaking. And we're going to talk about all the ways that listening is important for leadership. Um, and, you know, I, we have a lot, I have a lot of perspectives on this. So um, I'm going to start a little bit with some quotes about listening that I've learned over the years. And I'll apologize up front that I'm not going to attribute all of them because some of them have gone through various iterations over centuries. Um, but some of my favorites, and this is one you know, because an old boss of ours used to say this all the time, listen to what people want and then give them what they need. That's one. There's one about you have the choice between listening to respond and listening to understand. And I personally would add to that or listening to learn, because I think actually listening to learn is listening with different ears than listening to understand. They're not the same thing. A third one I like is that you have two ears and one mouth for a reason. That you should listen twice as much as you speak. And then this one I can definitely attribute, and I'm showing my age here. My first all-time love musical group was Simon and Garfunkel many, many years ago. And there's a famous song called Sounds of Silence. Mm -hmm. And one of the lines is, people are hearing without listening. And so that distinction between hearing and listening and then understanding the different kinds of listening will really play an integral part in your leadership journey. Excellent. Excellent. Those are all great quotes. Um, I, I often, I do often wonder though, if we got two ears, just in case one stopped working, we could still yeah. be happy. Right. Yeah, um, you know, this is the, that's a very IT thing to say, actually, because you always have to have redundant systems. That's exactly so apparently, right. apparently we do, but we don't need a redundant system for our mouth. And I don't know what that says. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, so let's dive in. So I'm going to be doing a lot of listening today. And we're taking okay. a few notes. So, um, well, I'm going to start with this idea of the different kinds of listening you have. Um, it's very easy, especially as a leader, to fall into that listening to respond category. Um, Don, you and I have had this conversation many times. One of the things as you move up in an organization through leadership roles, the conversations don't get easier, they get harder. And that's because the easy conversations are handled lower in the organization in, in terms of organizational level. Now, so the stuff that gets to you, the higher up you are, is the hard, is the really hard stuff. 
And when you work in the kind of high pressure environment that our members and business partners work in, those hard conversations are sometimes not just hard emotionally. Um, there's uh, they're hard problems to solve. And a lot of times, by the time something gets to you, people are frustrated, they're angry, they may not be on their best conversational behavior. So your very, uh, your first impulse is going to be to, I can answer that, I can, I have a comeback to that, I have a comeback to that. Uh, and that's not what you're trying to do. Um, the angrier somebody is, the more important it is that you not be listening to respond. That is a critical factor. You have to listen to understand. One thing I didn't mention in that first kinds of listening, because it grows out of what I just said, is something called reflective listening. That's where you give back to someone what they're saying to you. And this is critical to listening to understand rather than to respond. Sometimes when those hard conversations come, you think you know what they're going to be about. You might have been briefed by somebody on your team. You might have had interactions with this individual before, which have led you to believe what the conversation is going to be about. But you can't take that for granted. And then when you give people back with reflective listening, that summary of what they've just said, it's amazing how quickly that can diffuse a difficult situation because sometimes people just want to be heard. Sometimes they just want to know that somebody is, is acknowledging the fact that they're upset or something has bothered them. So some of the terminology that's important when you're reflective listening is what I think I heard you say, or if I understand you correctly, or correct me if I'm wrong, this is what I think I heard. And I want to make sure I understand what you're asking for so that I can give you what you need. Yeah, right? I think that's great, uh, Julie. Oh, I'm sorry, continue. No, go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> I was just gonna say, um, one of the things that, that I've always uh, been taught is quite often we judge others based on their behavior, but we judge ourselves based on our intent. And so in a conversation, when something is going wrong, we don't have all the pieces, right? And so by that reflective listening, by listening to understand, we often find out far more than we ever assumed to begin with that's going on in the conversation. And if we've had interactions with this individual before, we already have an understanding of their, their past practice of intention, which could really lead uh, to solving some communication problems really early on um, without it ever getting escalated. Yeah, that's exactly right. And, and you know, for, um, for those of you who have heard me, you know, talk about what I call my, my 10 things that you have to do to be successful. One of them is to be a truth teller. And uh, I'll, I'll connect this up in a minute, I promise. It's hard to tell somebody the truth they need to hear if you don't really understand what they're asking for, right? Um, or what they're upset about. And sometimes you end up telling them things they don't really need to know because it isn't really pertinent because you think you know what they want. It's not really true. 
Uh, this actually happened just recently with one of our staff who was having some miscommunication with a volunteer. And what I did was put aside this person's communication they were planning to send and just asked a bunch of questions. Is like, what do you want to accomplish by this communication? What do you think was the issue that's prompting it? What do you think that person needs? And it ended up that the the communication was completely changed once the focus was not on what that person wanted to say, but what they understood was the problem that had started it all. So that understanding also means you're solving the right problem. Now, I think for those of us that work with or have worked with lawyers over the years, one of the things to remember is that lawyers are highly intelligent and very resourceful. And they're problem solvers, just like IT people are problem solvers. They get paid to fix problems. And so one of the things that happens, and I think IT people do this too, is you presuppose an answer. You know, you presuppose what the method is. But without some real listening, you might be solving the wrong problem. So I'm going to tell a story that, forgive me for those of you who have heard this before, I've used this story a lot because it really is so illustrative of what I'm saying. Lawyer calls me. She says, how do I turn my text white? And I could have answered that question. But I said, what are you trying to do? And when she told me what she was trying to do was redact her document electronically, then I could answer that question. But I first had to understand what she was really trying to do. And sometimes listening means also asking questions. No. Um, I said at the beginning that I think there's a third kind of listening, which is listening to learn and why I think that's different from listening to understand. Listening to learn is our classroom ears. And a lot of times in the ILTA experience, you are listening to learn. You're listening to a member, fellow member, business partner, fellow business partner, telling you something you didn't know. And your mind is so completely open to taking in new information but it's different because there's no responding inclination at all. And understanding means not only hearing, but being prepared to reflect. Listening to learn is really just the listening that comes in and then you process it usually later. But I bring this up because sometimes in order to do the other things well, because um, sometimes you do have to listen to respond. That's sometimes your requirement as a leader. You more often have to listen to understand. But sometimes you need to learn in order to do either of those other two things. So what I'm saying is don't be afraid before a conversation to do some homework so that you go into that conversation as well informed as you can possibly be. Because it's really hard to solve a problem that you don't have the information to solve. When I hear you say that, one of the things I think of is is the meeting before the meeting. And, yeah. and we talk about this a lot. And I know in my past life, 
Um, we worked very hard to have as few meetings as possible and they were as short as possible. But you are very correct in, in that as we, we travel this road, making sure that we have a full understanding um, so that we can have the best, clearest, most concise uh, communication with the parties we're working with, it's really important. So that meeting before the meeting um, becomes that absorption of, of what is actually happening here. Do, do I have all the facts? Do I have all uh, of the roadmap of where we're trying to go and what we're trying to do? Because if I don't, you go in with a preconceived notion that that may be completely invalid and it takes longer to get to the point and get to a solution than had you prepared a little bit more on the front end. Yeah, Don, that's a great point. And it also even is is important in written communication. Uh, one of the things um, that I learned, again, over many years of working in a law firm, particularly, is a lot of times it's more important for the lawyers to have an answer fast than the answer slow. Even if that answer is, I'm on it. I'm getting the facts. I'm getting to the bottom of this. It is so much in many people's natures to, well, I don't want to respond to something until I know everything. But then the person who's reaching out doesn't know if you're actually paying attention or not. It's much better to acknowledge. I mean, Don, how many how many emails have you gotten me that just say I'm on it? That's all no, they'll say. I'm on it. Yeah, yeah. Let yeah. me check. Let me see. Yeah, yeah. And and that way, and more to come. I'll usually say I'm on it, and more to come. And then when I have more information then I can get back to the person. But that's a form of listening too. I mean, I think, you know, we very much undertaken this conversation with the idea that we're talking always about verbal communication that's either in person or like this over, you know, video conferencing. Listening is also reading. You know, there are conversations that are taking place in texting or in Teams and Slack in email. And in some ways, those are actually harder, um, especially, well, what is that um, acronym people use now, too long, didn't read, whatever the letters are, that's one of the things, it's too long, didn't read. Um, if someone sends you an email that's about this long, you'd be like, yep, <laughs> not, not processing that, um, <laughs> but sometimes you have to. Or a lot of us have had the practice that if there's a really long email thread, once it gets past about five, you're like, stop. Mm -hmm. Let's get on the phone for 10 minutes and on video call and we'll we'll sort this out. Um, reading is a form of listening too. And if you're really having trouble plying through some of the reading, don't be afraid, as I said, to pick up the phone or or video and say, can we just talk about this? It'll be a lot easier for me. Uh, I think the biggest thing about listening in shorter communications, like texts or, you know, Teams chats or Slack chats, that kind of thing, is they tend to be very informal, those communications. It's funny because that's how email was once upon a time, very informal. And then email became a more formal way of communicating in business. Um, people aren't 
they're they're more communicating quickly than carefully often in those forms and part of listening is filtering it's filtering out the vocabulary it's filtering out the emotion and getting to what is actually being said um and that's rough and i think you know we could have a whole conversation about generational differences in the workplace mm -hmm. but i think that certainly plays into this too um and humor humor is much tougher in those kinds of situations although it's very effective in interpersonal communications but when you're listening and and it's by reading it's much more challenging to do that kind of filtering. I think when you're with someone in person or on video, you can see if they if their eyes are twinkling or if they if they're winking or if they're crying or you know, you have some visual clues as to the emotion that's in the situation. You don't really have anything beyond the vocabulary. Uh, when the communication is written. And it's super important you not jump to conclusions about what people are thinking. Very good. Well said, well said. I know that, uh, I mean, basically we're looking at this in, in three areas. We're looking at listening to respond, uh, reflective listening to understand, and then listening to learn. Um, but if you were to give one to two simple advice pieces for somebody who's a new leader, a new manager, or someone just trying to do better in their communication. What would that one or two simple thing be to start working on today to make a big difference in how they communicate? What a great question. The first one is, remember, communication is not about what you need to say. It's what they need to take away from the communication, the person who's you're communicating with. Um that changes your whole approach a lot of times. And I'm a big fan of DISC um, as, a, as, as a tool in work to, because it tells you so much about what people need to feel cared for and communicated with appropriately. Um, and that means that you can't have a single communication style, folks. You might have to have one that you can tweak based on the person to whom you are or with whom you are communicating. I think the second thing is if you have one default listening mode, it should be listening to understand. Very good. You should try to do that first. That's going to be most often the one that's going to add value in a communication. Excellent. Joy, thank you very much today for your words of joyous joyous leadership <laughs> wisdom. Um, it is always wonderful to talk with you and I always get so much and, and my notebook gets very full of all the notes that I take. So thank you very well, much. Well, and, and I always learn from you. So thank you for your wonderful questions and thanks to all of you who are listening and I hope you find this valuable. Uh, and I might end all these with going back to our very first one. Remember at the end of the day, leadership is love. That's where it starts. And listening is just one of the ways of expressing love. Wonderful. Joy, thank you very much. Thank you.